heroin and cocaine just feet from the sidewalk. Two of them agreed to talk to us. I've been down here now for about a month. I had actually eight months clean um, and decided to do another run. And now I regret ever coming back down here. I grew up in a great family. I had, had everything I ever wanted from them. Hold on one second. You got people that came down here a year, two years ago, ain't never been home. Ain't never been home. Got off that L and went and copped something yep. and never been home since. Never been home. Just stayed, staying down here following the drug. You know, chasing and it. chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. And every day they stay outside, get up in the morning, hustle, and do yep. the same thing over and over. It's going one cycle. You got people down here that's been down here on Kensington, Somerset for years. Where is your family? My family, my mother actually passed away. My brother just yeah, passed right. away. My father is living and you know, he he loves me. He he'll do anything for me. It's it's just a simple fact that me, I don't want to ever go in front of him like this. So, you know, I stay away from my family. I got two daughters. I stay away from them. I don't want them wait. to see me like this. I haven't talked to them since I've been down here for a month and a half now. I just I'm too I'm too embarrassed. I guess to call. That's all I want to do though is call them. Because I know they'd be there for me in a heartbeat, but I'm just too, I, I don't know, I'm too ashamed. Because it's like the same shit for them over and over and over again. Melanie's on a run. They're, they're probably sick and tired of it, just like I am. Destroys everything, this place, this drug. I don't know about you, but my heart is racing, and it's a sensitive place for me to discuss. Pastor has asked me to give a report in reference to what we do for those that go down with me every Saturday. It's literally the same spot that we stand on at seven in the morning, serving the hopeless. The Bible asks us, or God, I would say, asks us to be light in the midst of darkness. I can never get through this without choking up, so please, uh, I won't even apologize. Um, He said, this is a story that repeats itself. And if you were to read some of our prayer requests, the stories are basically the same. But in the midst of that darkness, the church is called to bring life where there is death. Where 
when one may overdose and when the ambulance or nurses or people there to prepare brings them out of that overdose instead of the people or those I, won't, I hate saying those words I like saying my friends that have weaknesses when you bring one out and they all give you the same story from the condition of overdosing they become angry and violent because they prefer death over life between 2014 and 15 there was 1255 overdoses in Philadelphia and growing 90% of them were from Philadelphians the other 10% were visitors to what Nightline called the Badlands Jesus tells us in Matthew's 25, 35 to 40, our responsibility of serving others to where he makes a comparison that if you did it unto them, you did it unto him. And I can honestly say today that Calvary Vision is faithful and I'm sure honoring the Lord. Because Calvary Vision Church, along, along with others, but I'm going to say today Calvary Vision Church primarily, has decided to lift a banner up in the midst of darkness. Calvary Vision Church and those that give, those that pray, those that um, donate time, and some that do all three decided to do the will of the Father. Matthews 25, 40 says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it unto me. So if we're feeding, as we fed this Saturday, 130, by the end of the month, we'll feed over or close to 500 exaggerating and God only knows possibly even over 500, but nevertheless, if we gave one of the little ones we pleased our Lord and Savior I say continue to pray I say continue to give come and join us and be that light if you're called to it see we started off with two people the Bible says that um, in, in Mark 4, 8 says, Still other seed fell in good soil. It came up, grew, and produced crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. When we're faithful to the Lord, it's profitable. And I will explain myself. And I'm speaking in terms of kingdom-minded. We went from one table hot dogs, and water. 
I don't know about you, but the reality is I don't see myself eating a hot dog at 7 o'clock in the morning. But to some, that's probably the best meal that they've eaten maybe in days, maybe in weeks. But because of God's prompting in the heart of Pastor Tom and myself, we started with one table. We started with hot dogs and bread and water. But it's profitable because he multiplies it. We went from one table to four to six tables to 14 volunteers. Six out of the 14 are nurses with doctorates, intensive care managers. It seems as if when we do God's will, when we pursue his will, it's like planting a seed in good ground because it's profitable. But we must be kingdom-minded. For our investment, for what we give, we might not get credit, we might not get applause on this side of the earth, but one day... When we see him face to face, he will tell us, you've been faithful a little. Oh, that's profitable. That's profitable to me. For what we invest in this world, that's going to be an investment towards the kingdom. He said he went to prepare a place for us. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for us. Just because we were faithful a little. Oh, we'll get to see the king of kings. And he'll say, enter into my father's house. Profitable. Because the only thing I've seen following the hurts is not money, is not your houses, but other cars and other hurts. Even the Egyptians believed that they could store their riches in, in their resting place. And, and someday it will be with them through eternity. But guess who has their riches? It's in our museums. You pay $25, you get maybe to see them. But our profit, we don't see here. It's a savings account that we store in heavens. And I want to hear those words said, well done. You see where we stand? It hasn't changed. If anything, has gotten worse. We've seen fights start right in front of us. Violent fights. We've had knives pulled out on us. But one thing we stand for who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. One guy reached and said, I have a gun. And instead of us running, what we did was still intervene in the middle of that fight because we believe that we are peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. We stand because we know that we know that we know. There's another, in that same situation, and, and, and we've seen, I have one of our volunteers that's six foot four, 300, and an ex-military man, this big, and I'm glad he's on my side. 
When that fight broke out, one guy threw some hot soup in the face of another, and I said, we're in trouble now. And I can get a little no Philly because I have to, you know, protect both sides of the table. So he reached, he said, I have a gun, and, 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 and we went right between us, and, and a few of the other volunteers, including Carl, we all came to the, to, to the rescue of the other guy, and the guy said he had a gun, and the same guy that said he had a gun, he had soup all over his face, and, and he was the one deserving to be pushed away. And I had the six-foot-four friend of mine that I wish pushed him away, but instead of pushing away, you know what he did? He washed his face off. Undeserving. He loved on him. I probably went ahead of myself a little bit, but I'm going to show some pictures of some of the progress, some of the profit that God has given us for obedience. picture up. Miracles at the table. I believe that one of the miracles as I explained myself was that man receiving mercy instead of being pushed away. His face was washed off. Five months ago, we prayed for a couple. They wanted recovery. Today, they're recovered. And she is now a student at Community College of Philadelphia. Another young man we prayed for. He was tired of the life that he led right before coming up for prayer. He witnessed right next to him another man getting shot in the chest. Fed him, prayed for him, and took him to a rehabilitation center. 
The picture that you see up is a picture that's created by a recovering addict. He was with me at my home, and I said, I would like a picture. And before I turned around, because uh, I was looking at the football games, guys, um, I, I, I turned back because the game didn't interest him, and this is what he drew. The table. It's an awesome picture, too. See the train in the background? And that man that is recovering from addiction is with me every Sunday sitting by my side. His name is Joseph. Profitable. Profitable. And amongst those volunteers, we have several children that come. Although I tell their grandparents, there's a snake in the bush. The enemy can rise up at any second. That street corner that we stand on, there's shootings, there's stabbings. As you heard in that video, there's a man walking still to the day, hasn't been caught, slashing the throats of women. And you know what? It's a violent place. We explain this to the grandmothers, but the children and the grandparents prefer them being there than in other places. And this is a, and I didn't put up up on the screen because I wanted uh, anonymity, um, a conversation that took place between the grandmother and one of the little, not little children, they're 10, 12 years old, that comes to the table. This is what she texted me. A true conversation between myself and my granddaughter, Samantha, who is eight years old. Grandmom said, Sammy, you know that Saturday is going to be very cold. You don't want to come down Saturday morning. If you don't want to come Saturday morning, it's okay. And her granddaughter replies, no, no, grandmom. I will be there. We need to make sure we feed the people. They sound like miracles to me. See, sometimes we see visions in church, and it's awesome. Praise God. Elaborate visions. Yet, we bypass a possible miracle on the streets. We can create miracles. You say, how do you can create miracles? Yes. Not complicated. Because Jesus taught this to the disciples. <clears throat> that miracle is to serve. The Last Supper. I chose these verses because it, the obvious, it took place at a table. The Last Supper, after the greatest historical event that has ever happened, Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which, in, 
which the Passover lamb had to sacrifice to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat at the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for? Where's my mic? He replied. As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, the house that he enters, to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room. Upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. He told them, go. And I just took a couple verses that really stood out in that. I'm not here to speak on Passover itself, but nevertheless, I thought it was a, a good place to start from because he gave them some instructions. And the instructions that he gave them, the first ones that he said, he says, go. Mark 16, 15 says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go. That is our responsibility. To go. God has sent us to Kensington and Somerset. But the question that you have to ask yourself is where is God sending you? Because there is a particular place. See, you don't need titles to go. He's telling you, go, and when you go, preach. Go. But that question, uh, the derivative of that question is, where is he sending you? That's between you and God. Go. But go and not knowing that you're not alone. For he said, I will be with you to the end of times. He also said, follow. Mark 1.17 says, come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So when you're going, you're literally following. Following his instructions. And part of that instruction is that he will teach you. So this is on-the-job training. You don't have to have much. But the understanding and the knowledge that Jesus Christ is Savior, that he died on the cross for us. John 3.16 is the best sermon. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that, so that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. What a message. No need to quote from Genesis to Revelations. John 3.16 may be sufficient for you to transform someone's life. Because as we read earlier, that when the, when, when, the, when, the, when, when the seed is planted in good ground, eventually it has to give birth. It ha eventually it has to come out to search for the light. Your job and my job is to Merely plant. 
He said, say to him. So I'm going to use the word say as a reference also at Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, I will give unto you rest. Say. There's so many people in our society that are hopeless, that prefer death over life, people that are tired, people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Tell them that Jesus is giving them an invitation to give them rest from their woes of this life. When we're out in the street and we're merely um, fishing, the food is the bait to draw them near, but the overall um, um, desires for us to pray for them, the overall desires that we may plant the seed, feeding is just the bait, church. The overall desire is to see them come to the Lord and for them to receive rest. That young lady said, two years in the streets. When we, and you've seen the pictures, when we have gave them, gave them free haircuts. When you see them receive personal items like wipes and, 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 and um, um, under deodorant. You see them washing up right there and right, just right there, just putting on the deodorant and wiping down with the wipes. They may have gone weeks walking in, the, in their own, in the same socks. And when we give them a, a fresh pair of socks, so they feel brand new. They say, sometimes people just don't understand us. The devil has come to kill, to lie, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come to give life. And give it abundantly. His desire is no one to perish. John 3.17 tells us, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We want to see because this is what Jesus came for. It's for some souls to be saved. That one day, when we go before him, we can look across that table he's setting before him for us. And maybe we can see all those 130 people that ask for, 100 people of our friends that ask for prayer to be sitting across from us. And we can just wave to them. Hey, good to see you here. While at the table, as I started to say earlier, Luke twenty two twenty seven. 27, there was a discussion while at the table. The disciples 
wanted to know who was greater. I wanted to know when Jesus left, who is the greatest. Yet he taught them, he taught them a little something. John 3, 17, for God did not send his son, let's go a little further, Luke twenty two twenty seven. for who is greater, the one is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. He was the greatest amongst them. And he served. John 13, 5 says, After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. John 13, 5. And I'm going to close. Jesus, the disciples, the disciples wanted to know who was greater. Yet Jesus himself was there, present. He taught them that, listen, you guys want to be big and great, but I'm the greatest one, and yet I'm not teaching you. I can, because Jesus could show. He walked through that wall. That's who he is. Possible of doing the impossible things. Yet he wanted to show them that the greatest thing you can do on this side of the earth is to serve. Jesus came to serve. Jesus realized that we got it all wrong, but he wanted to set he wanted to set it straight. He came to save us. And how did he come to save us? By serving us. By giving up even his own life. He served his own life. His life was broken. His blood was shed in Calvary. He served us by giving the greatest gift that we can give is love. And what is love? Pastor has taught me that love, there's only one way that you can define love, and it's sacrifice. To give unconditionally. To give one to, unto the other. And what Jesus himself did at that time, as I've read, was instead of him saying, well, these are the qualifications, he says, no, do you want to qualify for being great? serve. He took the towel, put it over his shoulder. He went down on his knees. Jesus, our Savior, went down and cleaned the disciples' feet, dirty feet, smelly feet. He did that because he wanted to teach us a lesson. And sometimes we might bypass an individual that does not look like us, that doesn't smell like us, that doesn't dress like us. But Jesus said, if you serve him, you'll serve me. You want to please God? Serve Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Although we say it's a good report, but Father, we have so much work that's before us. Father, there's so much pain. There's so much hurt. 
as, we, as we're here in the church in a warm place and ready to even eat out in the corridor in a cafe and we'll go back to our comfortable houses and we'll go and stop at restaurants and, and, and we'll look at TV. There's people right now, Lord Jesus, we understand that has no covering. Some don't have electricity, running water, food, the simple things in life that sometimes we take for granted, Lord. I first say, forgive me, for you have abundantly blessed us. You've given us so much. Allow us the opportunity to give back from the much that you've given us. I thank you for Calvary Vision Church for standing up. Maybe all are not present when we go on on Saturdays, but I know that their presence is felt through prayer. Their presence is felt through their giving. Their presence is felt, Father God, by even coming down. Their presence is felt. Thank you for Calvary Vision Church. One thing I ask of you, Lord, is that you give us power and authority. If you did it with the disciples, you're the same yesterday, Lord. Yesterday, today, and forevermore, give us the unction, power, and authority to heal the sick, to see them transform right in front of us. Oh, you're capable. I believe it. Have your way with us. And I say thank you. Thank you for the volunteers that um, possibly even risked their lives that time for coming down into the inner city. Thank you for them. Bless them a hundredfold for it's profitable. Bless them a hundredfold. Have your way. I pray for that list, all the lists that we collect, all those 130 names that we collected this week, Father God. We ask for every name. And if one of them didn't choose to write their name and they just scribbled on it by mistake or put a dot or even touched it, their fingerprints, their DNA is on there. Father, visit them. Father, visit them. 